Peace be upon you. I want to make a thought experiment. Imagine you lived at the time of Noah. And you hear that there is an individual who's inspired by God of a coming disaster that is going to wipe out every single person living within vicinity of this individual, of a coming flood. And the only people who are going to be saved are the ones who join this individual on his ark that he's building. Now, the vast majority of people are going to reject such a uh, warning. They're going to make fun of them. They're going to mock. They're going to ridicule. And then there's going to be a subset who, in essence, might take heed of what is being stated, but again, refuse to get onto the ark. And we see this in the example of Noah's own son, who when Noah was calling to him to come join him on the ark, he said, no, he's going to go to higher ground. But his inevitable outcome was that he too was annihilated. Because the only people who were going to be saved were the ones who joined Noah on that ark. Now imagine, this is where the thought experiment comes in, that the people are watching Noah build this ark. And these are people who accept of the, the coming flood is an inevitable outcome. But they're looking at how Noah is going about building this ark. And they start having doubt. They start asking Noah, hey, Noah, why'd you pick this kind of wood? Hey, Noah, why did you twist the ropes in this particular way? Hey, Noah, why did you set it up in this orientation? And Noah's response to this is that this was design, was inspired to him by God, Lord of the universe. And he was doing his utmost to match the design that God inspired to him. And imagine that there was an experienced woodsman who had a lot more qualifications of building such a structure. And he starts looking at Noah's design. And each time he asks a question and he doesn't get that answer that he was hoping for, that Noah just reverts back, hey, this is what God inspired him, he festers doubt. And a schism is formed among those who, again, accept Noah as a messenger, accept that there's a flood coming, of individuals who say, you know what? I think Noah's sole purpose was just to come here and warn us of an imminent flood but he's taking this thing too far, thinking that he can build an ark himself. So you'll have some people who are going to take Noah's design and from that make some slight modifications to try to improve that design. And then you're going to have some people who, again, believe that there is a coming flood. They accept that fact. They accept that Noah was a messenger, but they're going to go and create a completely different style of ark. They're going to create their own version of it, something that they think is better suited for the coming disaster. Now, what is the outcome of these individuals if they were to do such a thing? The reality is that the only ark that was guaranteed by God to survive with the individuals who were residing on it was that of Noah and his ark. That it didn't matter if these other designs, how they came to be, what their reasons were for being built that way. That none of these other vessels, none of these other arcs would have that same guarantee that God gave to Noah and those who joined him on his ark. Because it was Noah's fundamental duty to build this ark. That God gave Noah the inspiration for what to build. And irrespective if someone could come up with even a better vessel, imagine the technology we have today, that no other ship would have that guarantee that Noah had by God for his ark. The reason I'm bringing up this example is because when it comes to God's messengers, there's a typical tendency 
that we always say that we would accept without the slightest hesitation any command given by any of God's messengers when it comes to the messengers of the past. You take the example of Moses. When he came to his people, the people fondly remembered Joseph. But when it came to the commands given by Moses, they would question him. They would criticize him. They doubted what he said. And at the same time, when Jesus came and he's preaching the worship of God alone, what you see is that the people, again, they reminisced about the time of Moses, that he had the statute book. And they wanted that. They said as if if Moses was here, they would accept it wholeheartedly, but they had their doubts and criticisms towards Jesus. Then Muhammad came. And it's the same thing. They questioned Muhammad. They said, hey, why don't you bring miracles like that of the past, like of Moses and Jesus? And when Muhammad told them that, wait, and I'm waiting along with you, that these decisions are not up to him, the people were dissatisfied with that answer. So every generation, they think that in regards to the previous prophets and messengers, that as if they were walking around with a halo on their head, that anything they said, that everyone would automatically accept. And consider that every single time that a prophet or a messenger comes, how many people really genuinely believe? How many people obey them unhesitatingly? The vast majority of people are going to reject them. Then out of the group that believes them, you're going to see that only a small subset actually accept everything that they state. In the Quran, we have the following example, starting from Surah 2, verse 246. It reads, Have you noted the leaders of Israel after Moses? They said to their prophet, If you appoint a king to lead us, we will fight in the cause of God. He said, Is it your intention that if fighting is decreed for you, you will not fight? They said, Why should we not fight in the cause of God when we have been deprived of our homes and our children? Yet when fighting was decreed for them, they turned away except the few. God is aware of the transgressors. So here's the first falling out we have. You have these individuals asking their prophet for a king. And they're told that they're going to have to fight. And immediately, a bunch of them drop out. Then it continues in Surah 2 verse 247. It reads, Their prophet said to them, God has appointed Talut, Saul, to be your king. They said, how can he have kingship over us when we are more worthy of kingship than he? He is not even rich. He said, God has chosen him over you and has blessed him with an abundance in knowledge and body. God grants his kingship to whomever he wills. God is bounteous, omniscient. So here we have individuals, again, begging their prophet for a king. God appoints Saul to be their king. And then the response is, this guy isn't even rich. And again, they drop out. And it continues in 2.2.48. It says, Their prophet said to them, The sign of his kingship is the Ark of the Covenant will be restored to you, bringing assurances from your Lord and relics left by the people of Moses and the people of Aaron. It will be carried by the angels. This should be a convincing sign for you if you're really believers. And it continues in 2.2.49. It says, When Saul took command of the troops, he said, God is putting you to the test by means of a stream. Anyone who drinks from it does not belong with me. Only those who do not taste it belong with me, unless it is just a single sip. They drank from it except a few of them. So here we have people that Saul is giving them a direct command from God to not drink from this stream unless it's just a single sip. And we see that the vast majority of them drank from it except a few. But then when he crossed it with those who believed, so these are the last group of people who believed, 
they said, now we lack the strength to face Goliath and his troops. So you have more individuals dropping out. Despite coming along this far through, they accepted Saul as their king. They accepted to go to battle. They accepted not to drink from the stream. And then this last subset, it says, those who were conscious of meeting God said, many a small army defeated a large army by God's leave. God is with those who steadfastly persevere. When they faced Goliath and his troops, they prayed, Our Lord, grant us steadfastness, strengthen our foothold, and support us against the disbelieving people. They defeated them by God's leave, and David killed Goliath. God gave him kingship and wisdom and taught him as he willed. If it were not for God's support of some people against others, there would be chaos on earth. But God showers his grace upon the people. These are God's revelations. We recite them through you truthfully, for you're one of the messengers. So we see from this total group, the majority dropped out when they were commanded to fight. Then from those who stayed, another big portion dropped out when it was shown that Saul was appointed to be their king. And then when Saul told them not to drink from the stream, more dropped out. And then out of that remaining few, the vast majority thought that they lacked the strength, but only a tiny, tiny subset had confidence in God. And those are so few that throughout all these trials and tribulations that they actually persevered till the end. And this is always God's system, is that the vast majority of people are going to disbelieve. But out of those who believe, the vast majority are not going to stick with what God decrees for them and are going to find reasons to object and criticize the commands that are given to them. The reason I'm bringing this up is because I get a lot of criticism because I believe that Rashad Khalifa was a messenger of God. Now it's expected that most people are not going to accept this information. But what's interesting is even among those who accept that Rashad Khalifa was a messenger of God, the vast majority of those still criticize me because I use his translation or I resort to his understanding of how he understood certain topics. And they call me names, Rashadian, I'm worshiping Rashad and this and that. They assume that because I'm considering the words of the messenger, his explanations, that I'm setting up another source beside God. But God tells us in the Quran that there's three mechanisms that he utilizes to communicate with the human being. In Surah 42 verse 51, it says, No human being can communicate with God except through inspiration, wahi, or from behind a barrier, or by sending a messenger whom he reveals what he wills. He is the most high, most wise. Here, this verse is informing us that one of the mechanisms that God utilizes to clarify matters for us, to explain matters to us, to communicate with us, is by means of a messenger, where God reveals to that messenger certain information. And God specifically uses the term wahi, Wahi means inspiration, and this is not to be conflated with uh, revelation in the form of kitab. What kitab is, is the literal word of God, specific words that God gives to a prophet, that that prophet then communicates to the people verbatim as God gave them. The difference between that and just basic inspiration is that when God gives inspiration to a, uh, to a messenger, uh, giving him certain uh, revelations, that the messenger's job is to take that idea and transcribe it and translate it and explain it in a manner that is appropriate for their people. And this is what happened in the sake of uh, uh, Noah. 
that God inspired Noah how to build this watercraft, that he gave him the vision of what it is to build. And Noah, to the best of his ability, communicated that vision into reality to what the watercraft was that the individuals were able to be saved on. Similarly, by God's leave, God revealed certain information to Rashad. These are not the literal words of God because that would make his uh, information katab. He was not a prophet. But God revealed this information to Rashad in addition to the mathematical structure of the Quran, in addition to certain information embedded inside the Quran, that he can disseminate that information to us so we can better ourselves. And this is not blind faith. When the people at the time of Noah confirmed that he was a messenger of God, and they saw that he was commissioned to do this task, to build this ark, they unhesitatingly accepted that they needed to get on that ark if they wanted to survive. God gives us a similar example with Rashad, where his duty was to explain these matters of the Quran to us. And it's our duty to accept these explanations because we can confirm it through the verses of the Quran. But this is his job as a messenger. We see in Surah 65, verse 10 and 11, it reads, God has prepared for them severe retribution. Therefore, you shall reverence God, O you who possess intelligence and believe. God has sent down to you a message, a messenger who recites to you God's revelations clearly to lead those who believe and work righteousness out of darkness into the light. Anyone who believes in God and leads a righteous life, he will admit him into gardens with flowing streams. They abide therein forever. God will generously reward him. This verse is informing us that it's the duty of the messenger to lead those who believe out of darkness into the light, meaning that you could believe and still be in darkness. And it's out of God's mercy that he sends a messenger to explain these things to us, to recite God's revelations to us so that we can come out of darkness into the light. Now, despite the fact that the majority of people are going to reject him, which is part of God's system, the group, the subset, that accept that he was a messenger, even from that, the typical response is that his sole duty was to preach the worship of God alone, the following of the Quran alone, and that to inform the public that there is a mathematical structure based on the number 19. That anything else he explained, he taught, he wrote about, he discussed, that all this is no longer relevant and should be discarded. And this specifically has to do with his translation of the Quran. That they claim that it was not his responsibility to translate the Quran. That it was not his responsibility to explain these concepts of the verses of the Quran. And doing such a thing is like that metaphor of Noah where they, these are individuals who accepted that Noah was a messenger. They accepted that there was a coming flood. Yet their ego provoked them to say, you know what, I want to go build my own ark. I want to follow my own design. I'll take these basic fundamental things that Noah is telling me, but when it comes to the actual upcoming disaster, I'm going to take matters in my own hand. Now this is very metaphorically similar to what happened with Rashad. Rashad came and warned us of the imminent judgment day that's fast approaching. And by God's leave, God provided us with a messenger to clarify a lot of these matters that we have. 
these concepts that, you know, we see this continuous bickering about what's the proper way of doing Salat, uh, why is Zakat 2.5%, these foundational religious practices, by God's leave, He purified those for us and showed us through the verses of the Quran, the proper way of conducting these things. He provided us with the arguments, again, from the verses of the Quran for these understandings. And if we simply just get on this raft and kill our egos, that this mechanism is by God's guarantee going to provide us salvation in this life and in the hereafter. Now again, if someone wants to go build their own ark, by all means, they're free to do so. We are put on this planet to make the decisions for ourselves. And people can choose whatever path they want. Some people are going to get upset and angry with me for making this podcast and criticize me. And it's fine. If you don't see it this way, it's absolutely fine. I have nothing against you. The whole purpose of bringing this up is to defend the reason that I believe the way that I do. That if you're in the same boat and you're struggling with how to articulate this to people, that maybe this example can serve you as well. God willing, we're going to end there. As mentioned before, uh, we started a Discord group. And if you're interested on these subjects, you want to find like-minded individual, please join us and you can find the invite link below. If you want to follow along the verses of the Quran, you can download the Quran City app on the iOS app store. If you don't have an iOS device, you can go to the QuranCityApp.com website. And until next time, peace and God bless.